Live around the globe, it's time for your RM World Travel Connection with Rudy Maxa and Robert and Mary Carey on the SSI Radio Network. at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Visit us online at rmworldtravel.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rmworldtravel. And now, welcome to America's number one travel radio show. Welcome aboard, Hour 2. You're listening to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. Robert, Mary, Carrie, and I are glad to have you joining us today. I'm Rudy Maxa. Uh, it's just a little after 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Speaking of Eastern Standard, it's Eastern Standard cold this weekend. Happy 2018 to all of you who have tuned in. And if you were caught in this weekend's big storm in the Northeast, we hope you're warm and home and warm uh, this weekend. It's worth noting before we begin that that stare down between U.S. and Turkey, at least as it comes to the issuing of visas to travelers, is over. So you can now visit Turkey again. You know, in October, the U.S. stopped issuing visas to Turkish citizens who wanted to visit America after Turkey detained several members of the U.S. Embassy staff in the Turkish capital of Ankara. That restriction has been lifted because the U.S. Embassy said Turkey had promised to inform the U.S. before detaining anyone. Uh, Turkey, uh, which had to have missed uh, American spending dollars while visiting, immediately began issuing visits to Americans. However, it denied it had made any such insurances. Anyway, both countries are issuing visas to visit the other. So if you need to go to Istanbul or want to go to Istanbul, a great city, go on. we got a very diverse hour or two ahead. Mary, what's coming up? We do. All right. Coming up in just a few minutes during segment two, Malachi Talik will be here to share some of the world's strangest places from the book The Undiscovered Islands. In segment three, we'll check in with show friend Mike Dunphy and we'll get an honest report about the realities of living life abroad as an expat. Then it's George Habaka from Airfare Watchdog to talk how airlines must pay for essential things in delayed bags, not just lost bags. And towards the end of the hour, Robin Sachs Franco will be here to help us uh, delve into the travels of millennials and find out exactly where they're spending their travel dollars and where they're not spending their travel dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know we mentioned last hour that we did want to get into the travel polls. So before we get into some 2018 travel news, Robert, why don't we uh, tell everybody about the polls? You want to start us off with that? I will do that. Sure. I'd be happy to do that. So uh, yes, we do have new travel polls. They're up on the show website at rmworldtravel.com. And we're asking you, What travel sector do you think will grow the most in 2018? You've got six options to choose from. Uh, We're also asking you, what travel services will you use most in 2018? And again, you have six options to choose from, so go vote, and we'll look to share the results with you next week. If you were tuned in uh, for hour one, and we certainly hope that you were, uh, then you heard us commenting on top travel stories from 2017. Uh, But now we're going to try and, you know, come up with things that we feel you know, we can all look for and expect from 2018. And certainly if history teaches us anything, it's not going to be an uneventful year, that's for sure. So Mary, uh, do you want to start us off? Sure. Well, we saw a lot of talk in 2017 about high tourism rates, hurting cities, infrastructures. And if you were listening last hour, we spoke with the CEO of Travel Corporation, Brett Tolman, and he happened to mention Iceland as an example, where there's been a 40% increase in prices just last year. Overall, right. As a result of really high tourism numbers. Um, They're concerned about sustainability. They're looking at possibly introducing 
imposing a tourist tax. This is a country of just over 300,000 residents who took in over 2 million tourists last year. That's an infrastructure and, issue. And, you know, Barcelona's having issues. They've got a new law that they've passed um, to control hotel and lodging building in highly congested areas. So I think this is something that we're going we're gonna to continue to see through 2018 and beyond. Uh, in the same vein, one of the most spectacular museums in the world, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City, will begin charging a mandatory admission fee for the first time of $25 for adult tourists. This does not include New York residents. If you're a tourist, though, expect to pay $25. Now that's interesting because they're targeting tourists. They are. But um, if you live in New York... Like we live in Connecticut, we're going to have to pay. Correct, unless you're a student. Unless you're, well, we're not. So I'm curious to see. I do think museums are a big part of travel for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, they, they don't really have a lot of government funding. But this stat is really disappointing. The percentage of adults paying the recommended donation uh, fee fell from 30, 63% to a mere 17% since 2004. So they have to do something. That'll be a trend to watch. So we'll watch that. And finally, for me... Um, Earth-friendly jet fuel continues to grow. This fascinates me. A California-based startup, Altair Fuels, has been working with United for three years, um, and they announced that they will be pa uh, powering the first biofuel flight between the U.S. and Australia on Qantas this year. And fun fact, the Dreamliner will actually be running on an oil derived from mustard seed. So I think jet fuel, um, okay. I love it. I think it's interesting. Mustard Talk about reducing the carbon footprint. It's better than the French fry but oil or something. <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't know. Rudy, what do you have? Well, watch for more fees from hotels and maybe even rental car companies as they enviously eye those billions of dollars that airlines are making by charging for extras beyond the ticket price. You know, there'll be resort fees, they'll be using the office part, using the pool, all kinds of stuff. They'll think of stuff. Uh, Mo, there's also that cancellation thing you know now that if you with some with some hotels, if you right. don't cancel within 24 hours, you're liable for at least one night. Now you may summon in the new year an Uber or Lyft car and find yourself in a car that drives itself. There will probably still be a driver there to take control if something goes wrong, but still it's the beginning of a new tomorrow. And airlines are going to begin competing by upgrading their premium economy sections of airplanes. Uh, they already are giving you a couple, two or three inches more of legroom, which is nice, but um, they're going to start doing uh, some more touches. American Airlines is already starting on its international flights. They're making the premium economy a separate section with its own lavatories and with upgraded meals. So competition for premium uh, economy yeah, customers I is heating up. That is true. I also think certainly in the aviation world, this top story to watch is going to be whether Boeing is successful in purchasing the Brazilian jet manufacturer uh, Embraer. Uh, to stay ahead of Airbus and their partnership with um, Bombardier. You know, I actually saw a report before the show today that said Boeing, they're trying to pay about a $28 a share for uh, Embraer, which will be about a 30% premium over its current value. You know, and I would also say as 2017 ended, we saw a number of companies, including leading travel companies, uh, share some of their new tax law windfalls with employees paying out $1,000 bonuses. I know American and Southwest are two companies that come to mind. And with the stock market hurling past 25,000 this week and so many economic indicators trending upward, it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, for more mergers and acquisitions, expansions, uh, you know, new developments and other investments back into the travel world from companies across the various sectors in the industry. And then, and, uh, yeah, I think that that's going to be uh, something you want to see them invest. Would you agree, Rudy? 
Uh, yeah, invest. I know that you know they have been investing a lot in upgrading their airport clubs and interiors of airplanes. They certainly have, and new new planes. Yeah, but hotels uh, or you know, you're going to say convention centers, you know, theme parks true. growing, all of that. I mean, across the yeah. board. So it's going to be all sectors, not just um, you know even baggage claim or whatever it may be. So it'll be interesting. Well, that that I wanted to comment on that you know thousand dollar bonus that American and Southwest is giving that that's over a hundred million dollars for each airline just to yeah. hand out a it'd be interesting to see if the other two or the four big ones that would be follow, United yeah. and Delta follow suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing I'll throw out there that we we go through this every two years, but from February 9th to the twenty fifth, the world will turn its attention and its travels to South Korea as we'll have the twenty third uh, Winter Olympic Games. Uh, uh, going on over there. so And Super Bowl in Minnesota. That's true. It's coming up, too. Looking forward to that. So, <laughs> folks, a quick reminder, please do connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RM World Travel. Up next, we're going to learn about some of the world's strangest places, and then it's up to you to decide if they're a place to visit or not. The show returns in three minutes. To join Robert, Mary, and Rudy, call 800-387-8025 or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at RM World Travel. We're coming right back. Alma Waterways River Cruises are all about ensuring you enjoy the destinations as well as the journey itself. Immerse in local cultures and sites and enjoy luxury accommodations as you travel from one stunning city to the next. Every Alma Waterways River Cruise includes small group tours and excursions in every port of call, plus all your meals and fine wines and beer with lunch and dinner. You'll get free Wi-Fi and bicycles to explore on your own or join guided bike tours of charming towns. Discover Europe, Asia, and Africa with the best at amawaterways.com or rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. Today, when you walk into a store or go online, you'll find all types of bed sheets and bath towels. Most are made overseas along with the materials. But Redline cotton sheets and bath towels are 100% made in the U.S., starting with the seed in the ground on a family farm. The sheets are exceptionally soft, breathable cotton sheets stitched with the highest craftsmanship. And the sheets are so popular that Redline Cotton is now making luxurious, super soft bath towels. Check out their entire collection at redlandcotton.com or find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. You have to check blind spots to drive safely, right? Same thing goes for identity theft protection. If you just monitor your credit, you might miss something, like your info for sale on the dark web. LifeLock detects a wider range of identity threats to help protect your identity. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, they offer visibility you might not get on your own. Membership start at $9.99 a month. Get protection today at LifeLock.com. Use promo code RM, save 10%, or visit rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. Sooner or later, your car will break down. If it happens after the manufacturer's warranty expires, something like a new engine could cost you over $5,000. That's why we suggest getting extended coverage from CarShield.com. They make the process easy. You select your favorite mechanic or get the work done at a dealership, and CarShield does the rest by paying them directly. Call 800-CAR-6100 and mention code RM or CarShield.com and use code RM to save 10%. For info, go to rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. A deductible may apply. Got a question or comment? Need savvy travel advice? Connect with Robert, Mary, and Rudy anytime on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at RM World Travel. Now, back to RM World Travel. Welcome back. This portion of the program is sponsored by Le Blue Premium Ultra Pure Water. When you reach for a glass or bottle of water, are you really drinking water? No, you're not. Now, we know that goes against conventional thinking, but most waters contain additives, minerals, and other solvents. Some even contain low traces of arsenic. 
The blue is actually just water, 11% hydrogen, 89% oxygen, nothing else. And it's the only water that actually meets the definition of water. LeBlue's distillation and oxidization process even kills and removes all viruses and bacteria. This is perfectly natural water that's odorless and colorless. Enjoy LeBlue, and you'll agree that it's the best of the best. It has a fresh, clean taste your body will crave. This, folks, is water and the perfect liquid for your body. Hydration is so important when we're traveling at home or on the job. So for better health, better skin, better organ function, and a better life, give yourself the best. LeBlue Ultra Pure Water. It's premium water, but unlike most of the competition, it's at a very affordable price. It's coming to retailers nationwide, but if you don't see it at your location store, ask them to get it. There's a growing list of retailers at LeBleu, that's L-E-B-L-E-U, LeBleu.com, or you can find the link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. All right, I have in my hand a fascinating book. It's called The Undiscovered Islands, an archipelago of myths, mysteries, phantoms, and fakes. It's written by uh, Mal- Maliki Talek. He's a writer, editor, singer-songwriter, currently based in uh, Glasgow, uh, Glasgow uh, Scotland. We reach him there via Skype. Uh, Mr. Talek, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thank you very much. So you write, this, this is a fascinating book of islands real and imagined, and you write in your introduction, for as long as, this is, I'm quoting, for as long as people have been making stories, they have been inventing islands. That is nothing I've ever thought about. Why have, for, why have we been inventing islands? Well, islands seem to fascinate people. In some ways, it's as, as simple as that. But, you know, lots of cultures that developed beside oceans, um, including the, the ancient Greeks, of course, but cultures all over the world, had islands, mythical islands, as part of the, the stories they told each other. It seemed to be one of the most natural things in the world to imagine places beyond the horizon, places that you, that you couldn't see. You break your da- book down into fascinating chapters. I'm not going to go in order because we don't have time, but, for example, one was in the Age of Exploration, and you found that there were islands that uh, sea captains would make up in order to bolster their reputations or you know, make them look like brave venturers who went further than- and found exotic places. Uh, <laughs> I-, I find that incredible. Well, you know, it was um, one good way to get famous was to discover new lands um, in, the, in that era. And if you couldn't discover new lands, the next best thing was to pretend that you had. <laughs> and um, the other reason people sometimes did it was to fund further exploration. They would pretend that they would found uh, a new island and they would name it after a rich person back home in the hope that that rich person would then give them some more money to continue exploring. And you find those places all over the world, really. I like, I like that. We'll name it after you, even though it doesn't exist. Some of the fraudulent <laughs> islands, your chapter called Fraudulent Islands includes chapters, uh, islands who, that I've never heard of called Isle Philip Ho, J- Javasu, uh, yeah. I'm just... Am I pronouncing Onasus? Doesn't matter if I'm pronouncing it like they don't exist. And then Crockerland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Isle Philippo is one of the most interesting because it was named as part of the the Paris Treaty when when the United States first became a country. Isle Philippo was part of its border, um, <laughs> but it did not exist. <laughs> and and I gather it was interesting to me that that. that, that 
centuries before Western world had fairly realistic maps of the world, the earlier, uh, more impressive maps were were drawn by Islamic nations. Yeah, Islamic um, nations sort of held on to some of the the knowledge from the ancient Greeks that that wasn't so widely known in in Europe, um, particularly during what we used to call the Dark Ages. Um, Islamic scholars were still using and developing geographical knowledge during that time, and that was imported back into Europe um, later at the kind of beginning of the colonial era. My guest is uh, uh, Maliki Talik. He is a writer and editor. Most importantly, we're talking about his brand new book called The Undiscovered Islands. Some of these islands are undiscovered because they never existed. Some have sunken. You have a whole chapter on sunken islands where volcanoes erupted and, and islands sank into the sea. Uh, and these are, again, islands I've never heard of. Let me. Can you name them by memory, or let me just turn to them, some of the sunken islands? Page 72, well, I got it here. Go ahead. I mean, those chap those islands are ones that have at one time believed to be sunken. So the most famous, of course, is Atlantis. That's that's the island that everyone will have heard of. Sure, but I've never um, heard of the it, island of Bus or Sarah Ann Island or Lemuria. Where? Where? <laughs> where what? How did you find these places? By looking at well, old maps. Some of them I found by looking at old maps. Some of them, um, I did lots of of research online and in, in books and, and various charts. There were lots of places to find them. Lemuria is, is a similar kind of place to Atlantis, um, a sort of large missing island or continent that was believed to have sunk in the Indian Ocean, but mm-hmm. in fact never existed like Atlantis. You write in 1875 the British Royal Navy decided it was time to tidy up uh, and they knew their charts of the Pacific were littered with inaccuracies, so they sent a captain out there. He deleted 123 phantom islands from the Admiralty's maps, although three of these later turned out to be real. But the real cleanup came in the, in the 20th century, I guess, when, uh, when, when satellites were able to actually tell you whether the island existed or not. Yeah, I mean, by the time we had satellites, mm-hmm. most of those kinds of islands had gone um in one way or another they had been they were found to not be real but there were still ones that lingered on for a very surprising length of time i mean right up to 2012 that was the most recent undiscovery um a sandy island off australia which appeared on national geographic maps it appeared on google maps but was not, in fact, there in reality and had never been there. It was just a mistake. Are some of the islands that you write about um, uh, still real and occupied? No, none of them. None these of them all, ever existed. These are all, when you say the undiscovered islands, you mean like undiscovered? Yes, yeah, so it's the, the hyphen between un and discovered is important. So an undiscovered island is one that's not been found yet. An unhyphen discovered one is one that's <laughs> believed to be real, but then found to not be real. So every one of these is fake in the book. What you have, your first title, title, chapter title is Islands of Life and Death. What does that mean? Well, these are the mythical ones. And it, it, was, it was fascinating to me to, to research 
cultures around the world and to find that there were these incredible similarities um, in the way that people imagined these distant lands, lands across the horizon. And very often these were places that were believed to sort of cross the line between life and death. So when you died, your soul would go to an island. For the ancient Greeks, that was the Isles of the Blessed, which lay somewhere out in the Atlantic. But lots of other cultures around the world had quite similar stories that they told. So these were these were myths then? They were myths, yeah. And, and they were really, um, to some degree, a kind of heaven on earth, I suppose. So Napoleon must have been really disappointed to get sent to Elba instead of to... Uh... <laughs> What are some of these names of the islands of death? The Isles of the Blessed, Kibu, Hawaii, Hawaii sounds very much Hawaii, like Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, and Hawaii and uh, Hufaida, Hufaid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing! Yeah, and a lot I, of these are Polynesians and Arabs and Greeks and and Celts who uh, made these names up or created these myths, right? Yeah, I mean, an, another famous one is Avalon, which is where King Arthur was supposed to have gone at the end of his life, that kind of, that Celtic myth of uh, heaven on earth. Well, it's a fascinating uh, book, Mr. Talek, and I, I would recommend it. Uh, don't pick up this book and tra- make, start making travel plans, because there is a hyphen between the word un and discovered. These are islands that never existed, except in people's minds or in the myths of a local culture. Fascinating stories, fascinating stories. The author is Malachi Talik. His last name is spelled T-A-L-L-U-C-K. Am I mispronouncing it, Malachi? It's, no, that's right, Malachi Talik. Thank, thank you. The book again, The Undiscovered Islands. We'll be right back here after this break. Today's edition of RM World Travel is coming right back. And you can also stay connected with the program at rmworldtravel.com. We've all tried a lot of pillows over the years at home, in hotels, on planes, while staying with family, friends, or wherever. If you're looking for an innovative pillow, MyPillow is it. You can adjust MyPillow's patented fill to your individual needs to help you get to sleep faster and stay there longer. MyPillows are made in the USA. They're backed with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. And you can even wash them and dry them. Right now, if you buy one MyPillow, you'll get a second for free. Just go to MyPillow.com and use promo code RM, or you can always visit rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. Do you know the majority of bottled waters contain additives, minerals, and other solvents? Some even contain traces of arsenic. Well, Le Bleu Premium Ultra Water is actually just water. 11% hydrogen and 89% oxygen and nothing else. In fact, it's the only water that meets the definition of water. And Le Bleu's distillation and oxygenation process, it kills and removes all viruses and bacteria. Drink Le Bleu and you'll know it's the best of the best because it's the perfect liquid for your body. Find it at top grocers nationwide at lebleu.com or rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. To connect with the program, call 800-387-8025 or visit the show online at rmworldtravel.com. Welcome back to your RM World Travel Connection. It's segment three, everyone. Welcome back to the winter wonderland of New York. Robert and Mary with you as we get ready to check in with show friend Mike Dunphy. But first, a word that this segment of your RM World Travel Connection is sponsored by MyPillow.com. 
It is. And if Santa forgot to leave some presents that were on your wish list this year, start your new year off right with our special buy one, get one free offer from MyPillow. Each MyPillow comes with a 10-year warranty not to go flat. And my favorite feature is they can be washed and dried. They include a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code RM, and you'll get our special buy one, get one free offer. And there's a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. All right. If you're a regular listener, and we certainly hope that you are, then you've heard show friend Mike Dunphy on with us in the past. Mike's a travel writer, and when we last connected with him in the middle of last year, he was living the life of an expat in Prague. Well, things didn't go as planned for Mike, and he's back living in the States now, and we asked him to join us today to talk about some of the hard realities he discovered living abroad as an expat, or to use his words, when the travel bug can become a disease. Happy New Year, Mike. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. It's great to have you back on. Mike, we always enjoy catching up with you. And you've been a travel writer for a long time. You, uh, you've worked with several news outlets and publications. You've also taught travel writing classes. You've traveled all over the world. But when you got in touch with our producers a few weeks ago about speaking with us and talking to our listeners about a different travel topic, we were really intrigued. And we thought, let's have them back on and let's talk about this. So let's get right down to it. Uh, you were last living in Prague when we spoke with you. You're back home in the States. Did the glamour of living abroad finally wear off for you? Yeah, I would say to a large degree, yes. But also because I took it to, I would say, quite an extreme. So it took about 10 to 15 years, I would say, for the glamour to wear off. At least to the point where I would make a decision that, okay, that's enough. Well, listen, a 10 right. to 15, that's a good run. That's I think we would all sign yeah. up for that. But Mike, share with us, you know, what were some of the obstacles of living abroad as an expat that you found most challenging? Well, I also would like to clarify that I find expats who would go to one location and stay there for, you know, their whole time there for, say, those 10 or 15 years don't really have this much of a problem. But expats who move around a lot do have this problem, or many of them do, and certainly I did. And a lot of it has to do with, for example, maintaining relationships with people. Because after a certain amount of time of seeing all these wonderful places, if you're doing it alone or, you know, it starts to lose a bit of its luster. So it's very difficult to maintain good relationships with family and friends back home or even where you are if you're constantly moving because you're not there, you're not part of their lives. And after a certain amount of time, that can really fracture relationships, for example, or you're never around for the important events. You just have to see them on Facebook. You know, new babies get born, anniversaries, all of that sort of thing, and you're not part of that. And after a certain amount of time, it really starts to impact those relationships. Did you find, though, when you were living abroad, how did the countries you were living in, how did they react to you as an American living there? Did you feel like you were part of their community, or were you always kind of isolated? Well, I think when I was younger in doing it, I was much more motivated to become as involved as I could. For example, I lived in Turkey for four years, and while I was there, I very much worked hard to be get as much integrated into the culture as I could. I took language classes, you know, I was dating a Turkish woman, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I was making a really strong effort, but the motivation to make that effort also began to minimize, I should say. Mike, I'd say this is a pretty good reality check for anyone who's listening who may be contemplating the fantasy. We're certainly not discouraging anyone not to move abroad, but it's good to have a different perspective on it. And as they hear this interview... Do you have any advice for anyone who might be listening, whether it's just concentrate on one area, whatever it is, any advice based on your personal experience if you want to live abroad as an expat? Well, I think if you want to live abroad as an expat and maintain relationships back home, you just have to really go above and beyond in terms of making those connections with them and not just rely on on a few tweets here and there or whatever Mm -hmm. on social networks. 
because they're going to get a very skewed idea of what you're going through, and you're not really going to know what they're going through. Uh, you're just going to you know, know what you see on the wall. And so you really got to make a lot of effort to call them, talk to them, be aware of all of the major events you're missing, and be as involved as you can. Uh, if you can, invite them out to you, or go meet them, or fly home, or yeah. just as much of an effort as you can to put into it. I think they appreciate that. And then I would say that if you do want to live abroad, it is very helpful to stay in one place for a longer period of time because it does give you that opportunity to establish firmer relationships. But, you know, another problem of that is wherever you go, if you're just, you know, even a wonderful place like Prague, you're never going to establish as deep a relationship with somebody in a year than the relationship you would have with someone back home who you've known for 10 years or 15 years. Well, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Got about 40 seconds or so with you right now. You know, what's next for Mike Dunphy? Well, I'm uh, now the managing editor of a small newspaper in the capital of Vermont, so it's quite a change for me. And uh, But I want to say I couldn't be happier, and uh, I think I'm just going to stick with this for a while. Well, Very you're in a great part of the world. Local journalism. Yeah, and you're really back home practically because you're back to your home state where you're from, correct? Yeah, I grew yeah. up in Vermont. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's reestablishing yeah. those relationships because yeah. he had the 10 exactly. to 15-year window. Yeah. So, well, we will definitely stay in touch. You're not too far from us since we're right. in the New York area. Uh, we'll definitely try to work our way up there at some point. Uh, beautiful part of the country. Our conversations are always interesting, Mike. We look forward to more of them. So thanks very much. Enjoy the weekend, okay? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I wish and you the best. Again. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Always enjoy talking to Mike. He's such a nice guy. What an honest take on his experiences. Um, I'll be curious to see if that travel bug does come back at some point. Yeah, Yeah, it will be. We'll we'll follow up on that. Yeah, wish him all the best. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to reconnect with Rudy up in Minnesota before Mary and I are back in about 10 minutes to talk about millennial travel and their spending habits. So stick around as the RM World Travel Express rolls on. show returns in three minutes. RM World Travel phone lines are open 24-7 at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at rmworldtravel.com. Stay tuned. We're back after these messages. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Dave has to say about relief factor. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about relief factor and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Does getting something flavorful and balanced on the table feel like a chore? Let HelloFresh take care of meal planning so you can save time and have fun cooking and eating. Visit HelloFresh.com and choose what meals you want from an ever-changing and delicious menu. Then, let HelloFresh shop and deliver pre-measured ingredients with simple 30-minute recipes that require minimal cleanup and cost less than $10 a meal. Go to HelloFresh.com slash try now to get $30 off your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash try now. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recently flooded basement. Here to describe the event, a tube sock. So I'm curled up in a cozy pile of whites when the washing machine suddenly starts shimmying and shaking. Next thing I know, we're standing in four inches of water. Did you help clean up? Sure, but I'm just one sock. A tube sock can't help you with a flooded basement, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Not available in all states. 
Thank you for calling Reese and Irvy's, the future of frozen yogurt. Um, are you the robot people? <laughs> Reese and Irvy's Froyo robots? Yes, ma'am. Our Froyo robots serve seven different flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with up to six delicious toppings all within 60 seconds. We place our robots all over the country. Malls, theaters, theme parks, almost anywhere people want an amazing treat. It's the future of frozen yogurt. And you sell these robots? That's right. Whether you're looking for a full or part-time turnkey business, Reese and Irvy's Froyo robots are available as a unique franchise opportunity across the United States. And how do I find great locations for my robots? Well, actually, we do that for you. Your robots go into high-traffic, secured locations, engage with customers daily, deliver amazing Froyo experiences to customers, and you collect the profits. They work so you don't have to. Well, I definitely want my own Froyo robots. How do I get them? It's easy. Just go to FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 9595. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 9595. Locations are going fast, so don't wait. Again, that's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 9595. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to rmworldtravel.com. Once again, this is your RM World Travel Connection. And this segment of the show is sponsored by TheraBreath. It doesn't matter who you are. We all deal with the uncomfortable reality of bad breath from time to time, but rather than just accepting it as being okay, you can now have confidence in the freshest breath possible with TheraBreath premium oral care products that are available almost everywhere. You'll find TheraBreath at 100 different retailers across the country, including Walgreens, Walmart, CVS, Target, Rite Aid, Publix, Kmart, Winn-Dixie, ShopRite, and more. Okay, we all get bad breath, but now you can experience a world where you can have fresh breath and your family, friends, and colleagues want to get closer to you. Since 1994, no one has helped more people fight bad breath than TheraBreath. More than 6 million people in 100 countries have used the clinically proven TheraBreath formulas to eliminate, to, excuse me, to eliminate bad breath and regain lost confidence. And members of our audience can receive some free samples and coupons by just calling 800-557-5905. Whether Robert, Mary, or I are in the studio or on remote, TheraBreath keeps our breath fresh and it will do the same for you. Go to therabreath.com for, that's therabreath, T-H-E-R-A, breath, therabreath.com for more info, or you can find the link at rmworldtravel.com by looking under sponsors. George Hobbick is a frequent guest on the show, and we're happy about that. He is the founder of airfarewatchdog.com that features best airfares from your local city if you sign up to receive his free newsletter. And he also uh, has a blog at that website that will keep you up to date on all things dealing with aviation. And he recently wrote a column. Uh, in USA Today, uh, about delayed luggage compensation. We all know that if a luggage, uh, well, we may not all know, actually, that a when you lose luggage, you may consider it lost, but an airline doesn't consider it lost till a lot of time has passed by, and then they say, okay, it's lost. Uh, George, have I got that right? Yes, Rudy, you do. Um, so, so there's delayed luggage. That's how the airlines like to think about it when it doesn't, when it takes a day or two or four to get to you. Um, and do we have any rights uh, uh, in in that case for getting recompense for clothes or toothpaste? 
Well, you know, yes, you do. In previous years, the airlines have had policies. They'll give you $25 a day for you know, toothpaste and, and toothbrushes and maybe a change of underwear. But the USDOT on domestic flights that are uh, governed by the USDOT rules have ruled that a lost bag, uh, rather a delayed bag, is just as bad as a lost bag because you may have to replace some of the items in the bag. And this could go up to the, the compensation could go up to the maximum limit of a loss bag, which is currently, I believe, uh, $3,550. Whoa. So if my bag is delayed, uh, what kind of items might I expect to be reimbursed for? Well, it really depends on your trip. So let's say you are going to a business meeting and you were dressed like most travelers do these days in jeans and a T-shirt, but your suit was in that bag. You are entitled to buy, within reason, a suit. Now, you can't buy a $5,000 Prada suit, but you could certainly buy something to make you look presentable uh, at a meeting. Uh, I had an incident where I was flying on Air Canada, and this is what actually prompted my article, I was flying on Air Canada, and they lost my bag for five days. But in that bag was stuff that I did not have duplicates of. And even though I was coming home, um, I just didn't have a duplicate of what was in the bag. For example, I had um, sneakers, and I had um, uh, gym outfits and that sort of thing. So I, I replaced them, and I, uh, for the first thing I did was call my credit card company uh, to um, start the claim process in case Air Canada uh, denied my claim. And how did, how did Air Canada respond? Well, indeed, they denied the claim. Um, I was claiming about $200 in items. Uh, okay. And Air Canada said, well, you, you arrived home, so you, sh- you must have uh, duplicates of this, uh, these items. And, in oh. fact, I did not. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, okay. Not everybody has two pairs of tennis shoes. And what happened in the end? Well, um, they continued to deny it. And then I went on Twitter, and, you know, to be fair... Um, you know, you know, Air Force Watchdog has uh, 650,000 Twitter followers, so Air Canada, you know, listens. But even on even on uh, Twitter, they were uh, they were stonewalling me. So then I, I filed a, a report with the USDOT. It's very easy to do that. You go to the USDOT. That's website. Department of Transportation, by the way. Exactly, the U.S. U.S. Department of Transportation, and. Um, I, I, the next day, I got an email from them saying, uh, from the DOT, saying, yes, indeed, you have a, you have a, a claim here. Uh, Air Canada should reimburse you. And I sent that to Air Canada, uh, I believe through email, and uh, eventually they caved and they uh, sent me a check for the amount all of right. money. Well, happy story happening, but there's a lesson in that for all of us. George, thank you for, so much. I did not know this, and I think it's helpful to, to a good number of our listeners. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. Robert Mary coming up next here at Rudy Max RM World Travel. I said Rudy Max's World of the Carries. Don't go away. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800 387 8025 or follow the program at rmworldtravel.com. We'll be right back. To join Rudy, Robert, and Mary, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at RM World Travel. Now, back to America's number one travel radio show. 
Well, nine segments up and just this one to go. I know we were off for the holidays the past two weeks, but this show really went by fast today, Mary. It, it sure did. <laughs> I guess when you've got a good show going on, you don't want it to stop. But for the final segment of this week's broadcast, Mary and I were going to delve into millennial travel and their spending habits. And this segment of your RM World Travel Connection is sponsored by LifeLock.com. It is. So many of us are shopping online today, and it's just easy. A few clicks and you're done. But all that online shopping could expose your personal information and leave you vulnerable to identity theft. And it may be a form of identity theft that you can miss simply by monitoring your credit, like someone stealing from your 401k or taking an online payday loan out in your name. And folks, that's why there's LifeLock. They'll monitor your personal information, and if you ever have a problem, they'll work to fix it for you. Join now at LifeLock.com. Use promo code RM. You'll save 10%. Or find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. We hear a lot about millennials this and millennials that and the impact they are or are not having on travel. But do you ever wonder what are millennials spending their money on and how do their habits differ from other generations? Well, we do since we're in the industry. And to help us get to the bottom of this, we've asked Robin Sachs-Frankel, Bankrate.com's credit card analyst, to join us and share some insights with all of us. Welcome to the show, Robin. We appreciate some of your time this weekend. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I have a question, and obviously since we're a travel show, it seems sensible that we start there. You know, from the reports that we get, millennials are clearly traveling, and they're traveling, Robin, to far-flung places that are that the older generations simply just didn't travel to. So from your recent report, tell us about how they're spending their money when it comes to travel. Sure. Well, what we actually found was that millennials were not spending as much on travel as their older counterparts. And I know that seems a little bit counterintuitive, but when you think about the age range of millennials, I mean, generally speaking, we define millennials, at least for our study, as ages 18 to 36. So if you think about folks who are in their mid to late 30s, those tend to be the folks who are saving up to buy a home, settling down, having children. So they may not have the same freedom to travel that younger millennials have. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Robin, when you did evaluate millennial spending, what are some items and what categories where are they spending their money, basically? Sure. We found that millennials were spending mostly on necessities like groceries and gas, that they tended to be spending a little more in that area than older adults. And that aligns with uh, our assumption that older millennials tend to be settling down. You know, if you have a family, you're obviously buying groceries for more than just yourself. And those bills, as a mother of two sons, I can tell you those grocery bills really add up. Yeah. They, they do. <laughs> we have two we sons as well. We understand that in our house. The and that makes sense, empty. though, you know, that the spending power, again, stays right. with the older generations. Um, all right, let's go back to travel for a second. So I'm wondering if maybe travel choices that millennials make are different in terms of how they budget with, you know, different incomes. Um, do you believe that they're using credit cards to earn free travel? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with the, with the release of the card, like the Chase Sapphire Reserve, which had millennials signing up for it in record numbers, um, and, and that kind of debunked the notion that millennials were afraid of credit. There are so many ways right now to use credit cards to enhance your travel planning, and what I mean by that is by using points and miles, there's a number of ways to get a lot of value and maybe even upgrade yourself from a coach ticket to a business class or you know, just treat yourself a little better than you might have otherwise without those points and miles. Well, all right, so that's a good question that we can ask. You know, we receive listener questions, whether for email or social media, whoever. We get them from time to time. And the question usually is, you know, what's the best credit card for travel? And is it better to earn the free travel rewards or take the cash and use it for travel or other things like you just say groceries, whatever it may be? And, Robin, since we have you here today, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on using credit cards to earn travel rewards, whether you're a boomer, a Gen Xer, a millennial, or whomever. 
sure. And again, the case of using credit cards during travel rewards, it certainly has nothing to do with age, and it has everything to do with your financial habits. Although you want to have the credit first to get it. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> you have to qualify. these the, the cards that offer the best and most robust rewards, like, for example, an American Express Platinum card, you have to have excellent credit. So if you're fresh out of college, you probably don't have much of a credit history. You may not qualify. You may not have the income to qualify, that sort of thing. But that being said, it, it depends on whether you're the type of person who pays your credit card in full every month so you never carry a balance. In that case, you can benefit greatly from some of these travel rewards credit cards. But if you carry a balance and you're paying interest every month in your credit card, you're better off paying down that debt than trying to earn rewards. The average credit card APR, I believe, hovers somewhere around 18%. The most you can really earn back on a travel rewards card, depending on the category, is somewhere between 3 and 5%. Right. So there's no point in earning 3 to 5% rewards if you're paying 17, 18, 19, 20% in interest. That is uh, deficit math right there, and, and that's not a great right. suggestion for anybody. You know, we've got about 45 seconds with you real quick on the millennials. Anything that you're watching closely when it comes to travel or their overall lifestyle for 2018 with their spending habits? What we've seen and what I tend to see is that millennials, when they do travel, it tends to be more exotic destinations. You know, they're not just like traveling to go see family or friends domestically. Millennials are definitely more about experiences than older generations, so they tend to do things that our parents and our grandparents might have thought as once-in-a-lifetime trips. They tend to do that a little more often. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there for today, and thank you, Robin, very much for helping us delve into millennials and their travel spending. Enjoy the weekend, okay? Thanks. You too. Thanks, thank you. Robin. Take care. All right. So we got some interesting insight into millennials and their spending habits, and we'll see if that continues. But it makes sense, Mary, I think, with the older generation still, if you've got the spending power because you've earned it over right, the years. Right, right. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today's edition of our weekly travel get-together. Please be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RM World Travel. Special thanks to all our guests who appeared on the show today with us. Thanks to our show team for helping the three of us put today's program together and to get it to you. To all our network affiliates and sponsors, and certainly to all of you out there who help make what we do America's number one travel radio show. Wherever you may be headed this week. Safe travels and enjoy. You've been listening to your RM World Travel Connection, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.